Welcome back to another episode of Chatting Rabbis, Season 2. Eliezer Zalmanov in Munster, Indiana. Mendy Chitrick, Mr. Turkey. I really, uh, I was hoping that this episode will be uh, Chatting Billionaires because we should have won the $2 billion on the lottery, but it's not Chatting Billionaires, it's remaining Chatting Beggars Rabbis. As uh, Mendy always says, you have to make a clea, you have to make a vessel or a receptacle to be deserving of God's blessing. So whenever there's a large Powerball lottery drawing in the U.S., Mendy asks me to buy him a ticket in, in Indiana, so I buy a ticket for him, I buy a ticket for myself, and just to keep everybody honest, I write my name on my ticket and his name on his ticket, and uh, so far we still get along, we still talk it because uh, Baruch Hashem, none of us have, neither of us have ever won any major millions or billions, but uh, you know, you gotta keep trying. You, you, we have faith in God, but you have to actually buy the ticket in order for it to get you somewhere. Yeah, so we contributed to the guy who won tonight $2 billion, and now he has uh, $2 billion thanks to us. $2 billion and two. No, and four. And four, right, one for each of us, right. All right, so mazel tov to him, and uh, we should all be blessed with many, uh, with lots of prosperity and abundance and all good things. And if he's one of those people who's listening to our podcast, he could also share some tzedakah with Chabad in Turkey or Chabad in Munster, Indiana. Who knows? Yeah, we, we would be happily uh, receptive. We'll even put his name on the wall. Right. So, Mendy, it's time to build a Chabad house in Turkey. Um, the time has come. The time has come. All right. So, now, Mendy, you're uh, one of the uh, many people that I know that have a, a dual citizenship. American and Israeli, even though your residency is in Bechlal in a different, a third country, but you have American and Israeli citizenship. And one of the unique things that these two countries, America and Israel, had in this past week was elections. Both Israel had an election and America has an election. And although we uh, don't take sides, especially not as official uh, Chabad rabbis, we don't take positions and we don't uh, endorse and we don't campaign and we don't promote but it's hard to ignore that uh, elections exist, and that elections are a very big part of society these days, especially in the uh, polarized world that we live in today, where you're either for me or you're against me. You're either my friend or you're my enemy. There's nobody in between. So I thought maybe we can talk a little bit about this concept, not so much about the parties and, and, the, and the individuals and the candidates, but the concept of elections and voting and how we should view it perhaps from a... Uh, Halacha perspective, a hashkafa perspective, ideologically or uh, ritualistically. I think at first I want to take issue with your said. Uh, you said that um, I we don't take position, especially not as Chabad rabbi, as if when you wear the black hat and the long kapota, you have to have one. You are one mouthpiece, and when you take off, you have a different mouthpiece. No, in my in my uh, my understanding, a person has an opinion, whether he's uh, currently you know between nine to five on his nine to five job or not, unless the person is employed by a certain political party as a spokesperson and he does not really uh, believe in his uh, in the goals or the theme of his party. So during his time that he's employed as a a certain spokesman, he has to present a certain idea, and once uh, after five o'clock, when he's back home, he could present a different idea. But the Chabad rabbi shouldn't have one position for an official position and one off-the-record position, 
because everything that he does is on the record, off the record, and everything that he does is part of whom he is. That's because, for all, for all intents and purposes, we're on the job 24-7. That's uh, it's part of what we do. We didn't sign up for a nine-to-five job, but you're right. Because, or because it's not a job. Right. It's it's who we are. It's that's exactly it. I, no, I yeah, I agree with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. In fact, there's a uh, there's a family over here who we're very good friends with, and they come to shul every Shabbos. And recently, my wife said she overheard a brother and sister in this family. They're adults. They're in they're in their thirties or forties, and the brother and sister were talking about uh, politics. And the sister said, of course, Rabbi Eliezer is of such and such political ideology. And the brother says, no way, of course he's the opposite. And they're arguing back and forth about what my political position is, because I I, I try to be as ambiguous as possible and as uh, open-minded as possible, but we always avoid actual politics. You know, if we have to speak about issues, if we have to talk about about a certain uh, topic at hand that that is relevant to the Jewish community, either locally or at large. But uh, but no. So the the uh, the bottom line though is that um, e- even when it's just in casual conversation, of course not from the pulpit. So it goes without saying that from the pulpit and from when you're when you're uh, talking about Torah and talking about Yiddishkeit that you shouldn't be. Uh, turning it into a political political propaganda. But even in casual conversation, when you're talking with someone, yes, yeah, someone might gather or surmise what your political position is, but that's not something that we should be promoting. That's right. And, you know, I, I might have, uh, may have uh, used uh, uh, this, uh, this pulpit here in the Chatting Rabbis podcast to speak about some Chabad rabbis who uh, decide that, that it is their job to go and promote certain political agendas whether it is the local American politics or it is Israeli uh, political issues, and they, uh, to the detriment of other Chabad rabbis who try to shy away from having uh, political, uh, you know, dabbling in the in 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 politics, especially when if you're a rabbi, um, and unlike what I said before, you hold some political. Uh, um, political positions, and you decide that you are you don't want to share those political positions because they might offend other people. And ultimately, your job is not in politics, and your job is in promoting and strengthening people's uh, religious uh, observance and re- people's uh, religious knowledge and knowledge of Torah and uh, and learning uh, about Judaism and experiencing living Judaism. And if you're going to mix in. American politics into that, or Israeli politics, with all excuses of, well, security and this and that, still it's excuses. These are excuses, and they may, they may push people away from joining your shul or joining your next class. And, and very similar to that, the Rebbe for, uh, for a while was opposed to having a polling station in Kfar Chabad, which is the Chabad village in Israel. Opposed to having an actual polling station and people in Karkhabad would have to go elsewhere to vote. That's right. And and that is because the Rebbe did not want that because the people in Karkhabad, while it's not an official indication of uh, what is the leaning of most Chabad people, but when there's a concentration of 2,000 votes of Chabad Jews uh, voting in one place, you could obviously dissect, dissect who, what are the leanings of the Chabad, uh, of the Chabad community in Israel. And with that, you are going to uh, uh, obviously 
with a very wide brush, paint what is the so-called political uh, view or color of the Chabad movement as a movement, while it's not necessarily, these two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. Right, so the, the Rebbe didn't want there to be any official political leanings within the Chabad movement. And just to, just to explain what you're saying is that when, when, the result, when the election results are in, and you look at it geographically, if you see within each polling station where the majority of the votes went, if it was split down half and half down the middle, then uh, that's easy. But that's almost never the case in places like Kfar Chabad. There, there are, everybody seems to uh, go in, uh, w- w- with the flow. But uh, there is an advantage, and at the end of the day, there is a polling station in Kfar Chabad, and there is a polling station in Crown Heights, and every Frum neighborhood around New York where there is a large concentration of religious Jews have their own polling stations. The advantage of having a loud enough voice and it becoming obvious whom your community supports is that these public servants, the politicians and the elected officials, will pander to you in a good way. They'll, they'll do things for your community. They'll help your community because they know that you vote. You know, if someone like me who, who lives in Indiana, northwest Indiana, my vote is not nearly as significant as the vote of a religious Jew living in New York. Because either I'll vote right or I'll vote left or vote down the middle. I'm not part of a block, so to speak. I'm not part of a, a group or a community that's voting in a particular way. And there's no leadership in my community uh, pointing me to a specific in a specific direction or about specific issues. I'm going to choose who I vote for. And if I don't go to vote, it's not going to have an effect on the election. And that's what I tell people over here in my community. It, well, it's important to vote because that's how democracy survives. But at the end of the day, if you can't make it to the polling station, you didn't destroy democracy. You didn't destroy the world. Nothing's going to happen. Now, if you live in a larger community, then yes, every vote counts, and every person that shows up at the polling station, and even if he only pulls the lever for one candidate, just the fact that you showed up at the polling station shows that you have strength in numbers. But I tell people here that it's a bigger deal for you to be a good person in your own life, and to be a mensch, and to be a good Jew, and to treat people with dignity and respect, and to go out of your way to help others, and to, to be kind. And who you vote for, or even if you vote doesn't necessarily make that much of a difference, doesn't make as much of a difference in the world that you might think it does. And yet, and yet, uh, you know, when a person, especially when we speak about local uh, voting, or when you you vote for your local uh, representative in Congress, or your local mayor, or any other officials that have a direct um, influence on your well-being, It is like somebody who lives in a building and he abstains in the vote that will affect the repair of his uh, elevator or the color of the hallway. I mean, okay, it's a little larger than just one, uh, you know, calling uh, voting in the management of your own building. But still, yes. Every homeowner's association. Homeowner association. But yes, still. Uh, that, that in, in effect, that is actually what it is. And, you know, as, as we, many of us, as all of us know, that there's, there are segments in the uh, Orthodox uh, community that don't go voting, especially in Israel, don't go voting in Israel because um, they don't want to recognize the state of Israel. And while Chabad itself isn't a Zionistic or uh, a Zionist organization, and we spoke about Zionism and Chabad before, 
it's still, uh, the Rebbe was of the opinion that uh, while well, not voting, while you pay taxes and you work and you live in a country and you carry its passport, it's and the Rebbe compared it exactly to this idea of abstaining from voting for your homeowner association. Well, you live in a country, you live somewhere, uh, whether you like the government or you don't like the government, whether you like the way things are going on or not, you still have an obligation of improving the place where you are. And that is regardless of any uh, theological, ideological, or other uh, leanings that you might have uh, or feelings that you might have toward the government. Right, and the, the issue is, like I said, that uh, one vote in the massive pool of voters is most likely not going to make a difference. But if everybody has that feeling, if all 25,000 people in the town of Munster say, you know what, my vote isn't going to make a difference, and everyone stays home, then all it takes is for three people to show up, and they're going to be the ones that determine the outcome. So obviously, uh, I'm not recommending people don't go vote and people don't stay home. But just remember that to, to take your your vote's relevance and your vote's uh, significance with a grain of salt. But today, today is very easy to vote. You could do it. Uh, you could do. You could vote by far. You could vote by mail. You don't even have to put the dates on it. I'm not just kidding. <laughs> you see, this is dabbling in a political issue. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, I think we're gonna strike that. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it in. Leave it in. Okay, fine. All right, but you know, but but what it comes down to is that the the vote has, of course, voting elections has a as a positive side to it. Also, um, our our grandparents in Russia, in uh, or in the former Soviet Union, or in any uh, communist country or or countries with dictatorships didn't have the opportunity to vote. So even if the vote doesn't have that much significance, it's in each individual vote, but the fact that every person is given a voice, it could be a tiny voice, but you're given a voice, and that same voice that you have is equal and similar across the board. Everybody has that same vote, as the United States Constitution says, one man, one, one vote. And you vote like everybody else. Doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your education, doesn't matter your status, doesn't matter, matter how much money you have, and the, the president has one vote, and the janitor has one vote, uh, and uh, as Jews, this was unique to us because we were always guests in the countries that we lived in. And in America, we're full-fledged citizens. We're given equal rights. Every human being is given equal rights, especially once you become a citizen. And you can vote like everybody else. And it's something that you can be proud of, just the fact that we live in a place that allows it. And it's not just in the United States, of course. In most countries around the world today, in, in, in democracies, your status in society has little to no bearing on your ability to vote. And that is a question that uh, people do ask. Is this actually the way the Torah describes the ideal rule of law? Does the Torah actually uh, um, give right, gives this option of a democratic uh, government or not? I'm not, I'm not even talking about that. I'm not even talking about the outcome and, and determining laws based on elections. I'm talking strictly the fact that Everybody is the same in something. Yeah. Here's something that everybody is equal But in. not necessarily is that, re, you know, if we speak theoretically, there's this place to say that, well, uh, there are people who are more informed, there are people who are less informed, there are people who are more easily uh, con convinced and people who are more easily um, swayed in one way or, or another. 
And somebody, why would somebody who is less informed and less knowledgeable just have the same, uh, same voice and same vote as one who has intimate knowledge of, of for the betterment of society? I'm not obviously not not taking it this into into uh, theoretically. One one of the beautiful things about democracy is that you have the absolute right to be wrong. Okay. In a free society, in a in a democratic society. Nobody is going to force you to make the right decision. You, and th- that has somewhat of, a, uh, of an expression in Torah as well, where we believe in free will and Bechira Chavshis. We, we're telling you what's right and wrong, at least from my perspective. If, if I vote a certain way, I believe that that's right. And everybody that disagrees with me is 100% wrong. But it's your right. It's, a, it's, it's your constitutionally protected right to be wrong. And nobody can take that away from you. Not only that, I can't even hate you for it because you are doing what you believe is right and I'm doing what I believe is right. And at the end of the day, the more people that see things the way I do, more of a chance that uh, that society will go in the direction that I want it to go. And if my position is wrong and then less people, fewer people are interested in uh, viewing things the way I view it, then I'm going to be the loser. And I'll accept that. I mean, you should anyway. Because in a, in a democratic society, especially in a republic that uh, offers the minority and the losers equal rights uh, as the winners and the leader and the uh, in the winning party, so uh, that's that's the that's the value of election, at least in my perspective. Yes, but you know, there's also another point that I was really pondering on uh, this week when I when they had the, we had the election in the United States, where you basically have two parties to vote, and any party that you vote for. Even though in the U.S. you don't vote for the party, you vote for the individual, but still the individual belongs to a certain party. And none of these parties actually reflect uh, or totally reflect our values or my values at least. So so with any of these votes, you definitely give in on some of the values. While in Israel, there has so many more parties and many of the parties reflect much more of your values. And some of the parties may have some of these parties uh, can reflect uh, close to 90% or maybe more of your ultimate and important values. And that think that is something to, to think about and to be it's, it's a blessing in a way. Well, I think most Israelis have that option of voting for a party that, like you said, 90% resembles their their outlook of life and their their perspective. Um, I think in Chabad we have a, we have probably less of a percentage. We can probably find someone find a party that is the least not like our uh, like our values, as opposed to looking at it from the positive side, the most like our values, the least unlike our values, and uh, go go with a 51%. Uh, number anything that is 49% not like our values 51% like our values we'll we'll go with that I think Chabad is unique in that way in Israel um, yes and also uh, obviously as in everything else in Chabad there are many many opposing opinions and different uh, camps there some of the great Chabad rabbis uh, wrote uh, letters uh, promoting one one uh, political party or at least as they said we're not promoting but these this is the party that we're going to vote for 
and, right. and I guess I guess we should always we should uh, always make this disclaimer when we speak about an issue like this is that we're, we're not representing a Chabad in any uh, official capacity. We're just having a conversation and we're not saying what Chabad's official position is in anything, really. No, I, we represent what Chab- you represent Chabad in Munster, Indiana, and I represent Chabad in Istanbul, Turkey. So, yes, this is our official position in Chabad in Turkey. In it's, Chabad in it's our official position, but but we're, but right. But we're not speaking about the we're not giving you the official Chabad, international Chabad position on a elections and and who you should vote for and what you should vote for but that's that's just a side note is there anything like that well in in uh, local elections in israel i think the rebbe was in favor of the chabad community coming out on behalf or on one side of a political issue or not in in municipal elections in municipal elections but that is because as you mentioned before when you speak about municipality and something that has direct effect on you it's a little bit right. above above politics you know you try to to do you you play or you vote to the candidate who's going to build your synagogue and not to the candidate who's going to oppose building your synagogue. Right, and 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 that's where your where your vote, like similar to the homeowners association, where it has a direct impact on your quality of life. That's right, and your day to day life and day to day operation. While when you speak about federal or national elections, it has a little bit more removed from that, and that is also when people get uh, you know less understanding of more complex uh, positions. Well, because everybody sees things as black and white instead of looking things as a you know color like my blue yarmulke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a few years ago there was uh, an item, a line item on the uh, on the ballot in Munster about um, adding a percentage to the homeowner's tax, to the uh, real estate tax that everybody pays. Um, so adding a percentage or two so that the high school, the local high school in Munster, can build an aquatic center, which basically means a very big swimming pool. And it passed because most people in Munster send their kids to the Munster High School and uh, they wanted a nice new aquatic center in their high school. I obviously voted against it because I don't send my kids to the local high school. So why should I pay for the extra tax uh, for something that I will never have a benefit from? And then when our tax bill came the next year, it says voter approved uh, tax increase, uh, 1% or 2% additional. And uh, I... That, that's where real uh, democracy uh, was was at play. I disagreed with that measure, and I did not want to vo- pay for it. I voted against it, but at the end of the day, the majority of the town voted for it, so it becomes a voter-approved measure, a voter-approved increase. And they reach straight into your pocket. They're straight into my pocket. So, yeah, like you said, in municipal elections and local uh, elections, it really does affect you right there in the pocket. Right, and I, you know, I... I think it was only once that I uh, that I voted remotely in Florida, where I'm registered to vote, and I got this leaflet. I had to vote for like 60, 70 different things. Oh man, it was like a two-hour reading through. Would you vote for this building to go down? Would you vote for increase in your park? You would vote for the parking lot on Alton Alton Road. <laughs> A whole bunch of nonsense. And all I want to vote is for or against two specific candidates who I thought were should be in or out of office. You see, I'm trying to be as vague as possible. That's because I don't want my son to uh, to come and tell me why did he speak against his favorite candidate. Or for... Or for... <laughs> <laughs> you got to be as vague as possible. Hi, Ali. We love you. You have to be as vague. Maybe it's Chaim. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right, so so that that so that's basically the thing. So yes, all right. Bottom line is is that you can have an effect on society through your vote, but you can have a bigger effect on society by being a mensch, and by 
being a good person. And politics today has become dirty. Politics today, I mean, it was always dirty, but it spilled out into uh, into regular daily life and beyond an election cycle. You can blame it on one person, you can blame it on another person, you can blame it on this guy who was the president or that guy who was the president. At the end of the day, politics today is not like it was, and you used to be able to get along with someone regardless of your uh, of their of your political opinions and their political leanings. And um, maybe it's time for society to return to that and. Uh, you see that in Israel, you see that in America, those are the two societies that I'm familiar with, and I'm sure you see it around the world also, where politics just gets into people's blood and into their skin, under their skin, and it becomes who they are. They become defined by who they vote for and who they support, and maybe it's time for us to take a step back and that uh, and change that a little bit. Right. So let me end with, uh, with a story that I heard from Rabbi Gordon, and I studied in Yeshiva in Morristown, New Jersey. And Rabbi Gordon at the time was also studied, was teaching over there in the yeshiva. And he told me a story of when he was a young student, um, 18-year-old student in the yeshiva in 770 Eastern Parkway in Crown Heights. And I think it was 1952, there was election, it's an election year. And one of the fellow students, probably he wasn't 18, it was, it was the fellow student was 20-something years old. He was a relative of ours. And um, he was really campaigned for one of the candidates. It came the day, election day. And he went together with Rabbi Gordon. They went to vote. The ballot at that time was in 706, 706 Eastern Parkway. And they, they, they go into the ballot. They go, uh, as they go in to vote, they see that the Rebbe is walking out of the ballot and walking to 770. Okay. So they were they, they so Robert Gordon voted, and they come back to 770 to the study hall, and everybody's quiet and looking at them. Turns out, they ever came into 770, walked straight into the study hall, and he said that he can't understand how two Bachim left study hall, closed their books and went to vote on the national elections. And then the Rebbe said, Okay, one of them is an American, but the other one doesn't even have a citizenship. <laughs> he, he doesn't even... Uh, he doesn't have a citizenship. And he went, and he kochzach. I say, Misbashil behind elections. So... The, the the lesson from this story was that, okay, you want to vote, you have to vote, you feel you have a vote, go vote, but don't, don't get all cooked up in it. Don't get up, all cooked up in politics which have little or very, very, very little bearing. And you know what? Even you in the city of Munster, Indiana, not that great, and you really, really felt about the, about the swimming pool, they still reached your pocket. So yes, every yep. co- every vote counts and every opinion counts, but you still have to keep yourself within a certain balance and know your place. There are more things, more important things. Study, learn something, do something for society, do something for yourself is just a tad more important than being uh, cook, getting all cooked up in politics. This is Eliezer Zalmanov, and I approve of this message. <laughs> Paid by Eliezer Zaun of PAC. <laughs> all right, I'll see you, Mendy. Take care and all the best. Vote good.